Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today I'm absolutely honored, privileged and delighted to have Alex and Candice Diaz with me from forlovesake.com. Alex and Candice share the realities of experiencing porn addiction within a relationship together. And this is certainly a topic that is highly relatable to men, women, and couples alike during this time. So I can't wait to hear their insight, their experiences, the lessons learned, and how they managed to get through this together, through the other side. So uh, Alex and Candice, how are you doing? Good. Doing great. <laughs> Happy to be here. And yeah, likewise. Thanks for having us. Yeah, likewise. So, Love what you're doing on your podcast. Same as, and as I mentioned to you before we started recording, uh, it's brilliant that you're actually um, putting your experiences out there. I mean, as I said to you before, other couples will just keep this stuff to themselves. And it is a very private and intimate matter. And the fact that you're putting it out there, it's creating a massive impact in, in people's lives. And I'm sure you're, you're helping out a lot of men, women, and, and couples alike at the moment by sharing your, your own experiences and lessons. And this is what this episode is going to be all about in terms of peeling back the layers, in terms of uh, how the porn addiction developed and uh, the journey you took on together to get beyond that. And I know you, you tried numerous uh, numerous paths to get beyond it and, and, to, and to work through it, um, but uh, we'll get into that. So to start with, yeah, where did this all begin for both of you? Was this was this something that was evolving in your life or part of your life before you started the relationship or did it begin within the relationship or where did the roots of this uh, all stem from? Well, um, it stemmed from just me, really, just my struggles. I started, you know, being addicted, I guess, to pornography or really engaged with it and having an impact in my life when I was probably about 11 or 12. And so it goes back to my, you know, my childhood or my early teens. Um, and I, I remember I had struggled with it. It was something that I would go to continuously and I never agreed with it. I never thought it was something that was good or something that I should really be doing. I was taught um, that it was not a good thing to do. And, and yet I kept on doing it. And, and so uh, that's been a struggle throughout my teens throughout my you know young adulthood and then when we got married it just it was still there and so and before we got married it was there so I had opened up with Candace about it while we were dating and something that again I, I felt better about myself when I wasn't engaged in it um, felt like it was something that I didn't it didn't really improve my life in any way or my relationship and so something that we kind of battled and it's just kept on being a problem in our marriage and got worse over time so that's kind of where it started really and then did uh, Candice, did you did you know about this before 
you know you started a relationship together was this something that that you you were knowledgeable about or did you kind of find out yeah so um i actually the way i found out originally so i was helping him with a school project and he gave me his youtube login and so i logged in when he wasn't with me and i saw like all this stuff that was questionable and i was like i hope he talks to me about this because i don't want to seem like weird and then that night actually he told me that he had struggled throughout his life and we were open and honest about it while dating but it hardly ever happened so I didn't think it was really an addiction I just thought like you know he turned to it sometimes but yeah so I knew and then after we got married is when it became a bigger problem which he was honest and told me about like three weeks into marriage is when it started yeah and the most one important part I think is kind of cool is that that day that you had oh, yeah. seen the pornography on my iPad or my laptop or whatever, you didn't you pray to him? You prayed basically yeah, to God. Like, Please yeah, don't like, even talk to me about this because I'm so nervous. Yeah, and I just thought it was kind of interesting how um it's always you know we've always had a very spiritual connection, and she had prayed that I would open up that she didn't want to be the one to pry and you know engage with that first. And it was that same day that I just we were talking and I just felt inspired to share with her and. and just kind of cool how you know you know i believe god knows where we're at and um so thankfully yeah we were able to be open i was able to be open with her very early on in our dating um and it really like it the times that i acted out was kind of few and far between while we were dating we dated for a year it did happen sometimes but i guess the newness of our relationship and i had never been in love with someone like this before or ever and um, it was kind of the first time I had had relationships before, um, but I, I really didn't have any desire to share with my girlfriend and I would keep on doing it. And ne I'd never feel good about it, but it wasn't now, now that I had someone who I was really, really committed to, I felt a lot more motivation to stay away from it. And I had a lot more success with that. But of course, you know, this being an issue that's um, really there, a kind of a deep rooted issue, it goes deeper than just wanting to be pornography. Um, once that kind of for lack of a better term wears off or like you know i get more comfortable it's like it comes back you know and so after marriage is when it started coming more frequently you know and i thought that at the time i thought like maybe a lot of guys think that you know gosh like once i get married then this won't be an issue anymore well because for us we weren't intimate until marriage right so yeah we weren't we were yeah we we're we're Christian and we follow that. We just wanted to wait until marriage to, you know, have sex. So it's kind of like, I guess, maybe amongst Christians or folks who live that lifestyle thinking that naturally, okay, once I'm able to do that with my partner, with my spouse, then that won't be an issue anymore. I'll have that sexual outlet. Um, but it's just, it's a lie, really. It's not true. It makes sense, but it's, you know, there's, it's a separate thing that addiction to pornography. It's, it's not the same as true intimacy with your spouse. And if you have that addiction and then you, now we start becoming intimate with each other, you know, that is going to still come back, you know? So, yeah. It's the, it's the underlying, uh, it's the underlying issue that, that, that is the issue. And it's, that doesn't really go away with um, achieving some sort of external goal, even, even a marriage or, 
oh, you know what? Whenever I, uh, whenever I have kids, or whenever I get my life in order and I have my fancy car and my and my money and and some stability, then I won't be watching porn anymore. And it's, again, it is a <laughs> it's a futile sort of uh, it's a futile goal, futile objective to think that to fix something in the external is going to uh, address something that you're struggling struggling with internally. So, and yeah. I think a lot of guys uh, believe too that, uh, like yourself, thinking that. Yeah, you know, when I get married, you know, I'll stop doing it. But yeah, you know, that's not it because uh, the marriage, I know marriage is somewhat an integration of internal and, and external, but ultimately it's it's something you do externally and, and, you're, and you're coming together as a couple to take on the journey of life together. But uh, there's, right. there's this uh, pinging your, your hope on, yeah, when I get married, then, then you know, the, the cravings will go away. Uh, the issues will go away. So, yeah, I think um, on that, yeah, just a thought on that is I think that's in general, just anybody who's experiencing unhappiness, thinking that something in the future, something external will make you somehow happy. It's just the false hope, right? It's like, once this happens, then I'll be happy. So it's kind of the same thing with pornography, addiction or any addiction. I've had that so many times. I thought once I get married, of course, I'm not going to do it anymore. And then it was in my marriage. And so I was like, okay, well, once we have a kid, I would never do it as a father at all you know and then it kind of became it was there when i was a father and then when we chose to move to a different state i'm like this is my chance once i move there i'm not going to do it anymore because i'll have a new job and everything will be great of course that doesn't nothing nothing fixes it and in fact the crazy thing is if you're living that way if you're thinking that something eventually should happen in your life and that'll fix it you're really just like in an illusion because life actually gets more and more stressful <laughs> like at marriage and having kids these things that i thought would actually solve the problem they can only really enhance it if I'm in the addiction because then there's more stresses and then it's so much easier to go back into it. It's it's a comfort blanket, isn't it? To a certain extent. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. There's yeah, yeah. it is. It's um, a way to cope with stress, even if you don't know that's what you're doing. Yeah, of course. Feeling anxiety or having resentments or whatever that comes up, and it's just um, you train your brain to go to that, and your brain just offers this solution. Yeah. You just you know, okay, that works. You know. You've been some for a second. <laughs> somewhat, yeah, exactly. You've been somewhat conditioned to think that porn will somewhat ease the pain or the struggle or the, or the suffering for a period of time because that that has been your go-to for such a long period of time since your childhood, as you mentioned, 11, 12 years of age mm-hmm. when you started it. You know, there's a there's a longing for something there, or there's a, there's a suppression of pain or struggle there that you're that you're using porn as again, as I said, a a comfort blanket or or a crutch to lean on whenever times get tough and as i said your brain is just conditioned oh no i've got a problem today okay what do we do we'll go watch porn that'll make us feel better you know and uh th- that's to me that that's 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 the addiction that that is the that's when you know you're addicted when you have to lean on something else um, mm-hmm. to help you get through a, a, a difficult period such as you know a struggle True. or even even something monotonous like a, a stressful situation at home or um something small like the porn is always there to to lean on so yeah i, th- I think you know a, a very important factor in all of this is the fact that candace you you were you were so supportive and you seen the the youtube channel or whatever else and you didn't you didn't begin to judge him because of it or did you, or did you feel now that the, the thing I'm trying to get to here as well is that for a lot of women who may come across that in their, 
partners, husbands, whoever, uh, that if they were to see their their husbands looking for intimacy somewhere outside of her and the relationship, then she would feel somewhat offended that, oh, well, am I not enough for him? Why does he have to go and watch porn? And uh, what am I doing wrong? So uh, mm-hmm. was there some of that or? Oh, yeah, <laughs> there was. Yeah. I've gone like all over the place. So yeah. at first it was just fully supporting like, well, I get it. You know, he was a virgin, you know, and like there was no judgment. But then once he got into our marriage, mm-hmm. I would like secretly have this pain. I would never tell him how much pain it was bringing me. It was really hard for me because I'm like, we can finally have sex together and you're choosing that. It's <laughs> fake. Yeah. So I would like keep it inside and I'd be like, well, thanks for telling me, let's do this. Like whatever I can do to help. Um, but then as the years, it kept happening. And then I just kind of lost myself. I was always depressed, always. I kind of become became consumed with his addiction and what he's going to do. Like it definitely overtook who I was and our relationship to the point where I got, you know, a surgery to make him like me better. And that didn't fix it either. I tried to become like the perfect person for him when really I wasn't even being what he needed or what I needed for myself. But then as we were continuing, continuing with this and he kept choosing, you know, not to recover, I kind of separated myself from it and learned about the addiction and really saw that it had nothing to do with me. And when I realized that, I was just like, mind blown. I'm like, wow, this has nothing to do with me. And I can be his support and love him and let him make his choices. And in the end, like we moved closer to my family so that I can be near my family in case he didn't choose to recover, honestly. And I was setting myself up and it came to like, yeah, the point where I'm like, if you don't choose, then I'll have to do what's best for myself. But I always was like, but I love you. like, And I'll be your support. Even if we go our separate ways, I want you to re- recover because I love you. And I, I can see it mm-hmm. like ruining your life. Yeah. So. <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. And as I said, you know, that that's, that's the point I was trying to get to that. Obviously, when a when the woman in the relationship finds out that a man is is even watching porn on a on a on a frequent basis or even on a irregular basis, that that opens up some insecurities within her. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> throughout that period, w- were you communicating this to Alex in terms of? Uh, how you were feeling or were you keeping a lot of this to yourself or were you very open and transparent about, you know what, um, I'm feeling insecure. I'm feeling withdrawn from you. I'm feeling like I'm not good enough for you. Or was this something you internalized and kept to, kept to yourself? Was this like a, your own sort of a battle? Well, at first I would keep it to myself cause I wanted him to tell me and like, trust me. And I didn't want him to feel guilty even more so I would keep it to myself until it was more frequent and then I was like I can't keep this to myself like this is 
tearing me apart. And I was very honest about my feelings. And um, we did start going to couples counseling. So then we were more open and honest about it as well. Um, but yeah, I think I went off and on of how much I would tell him. And even still, like towards the end of like the really hard time between us, I wouldn't tell him everything I'm feeling. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, uh, there is communication there, which often can, the, the porn addiction can shut that down, which ultimately mm -hmm. in the relationship as well. So that's mm -hmm. a very important factor to, to consider and to acknowledge for any one that's struggling with any sort of addiction to, to be open and transparent about it. And, uh, for yourself, Alex, like, were you communicating your struggles to, uh, Candice or were, were you keeping others to yourself as well? Well, I, um, you know, like I said, like we talked about when we first started dating, I was very open about it. And then once we were married, you know, like Candace said, three weeks in, I started viewing pornography again. And that was a struggle to open up again. I was like, like, we're married and this is going to break her heart in my mind. I was thinking I can't tell her. Um, but I talked to a good friend of mine. He encouraged me to tell her and just felt like, Hey, you need to be honest, you know, about this. And so I was honest and throughout our marriage, we've been married for just over five years now. And so for the first four years of our marriage, I was very, very honest, very brutally honest. Um, just, you know, obviously sharing the important things. I'm not saying like every single detail of things I had seen or whatever, right. Nothing that's sometimes like, sometimes you would leave things out. And it's true. Sometimes I would leave things out and like kind of how pretend often it was. I just made a choice that I, I had the conviction in me that my wife needed to know if I acted out and that honesty I valued in our marriage. And obviously I value also many things, um, but pornography, it goes against my values and I would, I would continuously do that. But I would find that even when I acted out in this thing that it went against my values, I realized I can still be honest and that's a value that I can always keep. And so I kept that honesty. I would tell her usually the same day or the next day, you know, I acted out, you know, and I viewed pornography. I would let her know that that carried on. Um, but then when we had uh, end of our fourth year of marriage or beginning of our fifth, when we had moved near her family, it was supposed to be a big move to kind of just help us to heal. And, and I knew that our marriage was at a place where it was not, we were not doing well. I was not recovering. Um, and it's not just pornography. It's not like pornography was just the thing that was making us unhappy, right? Like there was a lot of struggles with um, personal resentments in our marriage and like um, just um, doubt. Yeah, I, I have had a problem and I've talked to other guys that have had this issue too, interestingly, who struggle with porn as well. I would doubt my wife all the time, you know, ever since the beginning of our marriage, I would constantly, you know, every now and then I would go up and down. I would think, I would doubt her. I would compare her to other women. And um, not necessarily um, sexually, not necessarily like a physical thing, but more just like, hey, like, did I marry the right person? Um, and, and I've learned, and I went to rehab, and we'll maybe talk more about that, but I learned that there's these self-limiting beliefs and these core issues that I have, and that pornography and this doubt that I have towards my wife, these are ways that it manifests itself. And I found that I had this weird pattern. It was just so interesting. There'd be a week that I would be just doubting Candace like crazy and just thinking I need to be married to someone else, dead married to that person, just doubting our life choices and really judging her. But pornography would be kind of under control. It would kind of be okay. And then when I started like loving her again, be like, no, she's great. And the pornography would come back up and it would kind of pattern. 
And then I also found that sometimes it, they would actually snowball into each other where if Candace made me really upset and I felt this resentment towards her, it was almost like a, there's my hall pass to go act out almost in a weird way. It's like not as a way just to getting back at her, but it's like, I deserve this thing. So, however, you know, for first four years of marriage, I, I was honest with her whenever I had acted out and I was honest with her about my struggles with doubting her. And as, and that also tore her up, right. Just knowing that, Oh, like I'm not enough and you're doubting me and like trying to be supportive, you know, so, and, and then you have a mix of, I'm also an actor. And so she's had to see me, you know, kiss other women on stage. And so there's just this mix of like hurt and like, it's just kind of awful. And so it came to a point where like, you know, I need to take a break from acting. Um, she wants to support me in that, my dream. But I realized, you know, it's not really the place for me to be in right now. I definitely don't want to be in any intimate roles. And I need to move closer to her family, get just some way to have more support. So I was thinking this is a really therapeutic move for us. We can go there again, that same mentality of I'll never view it again when we move to this new house. And um, truth is, yeah, right when we moved, I was already viewing pornography um, on the way to our destination, believe it or not. So like I, and then it just carried on. And so I, this is the first time I chose to keep it a secret. And so for the whole year of 2020, um, I lived that entire year in secrecy with this addiction. So Candace thought that I was done. She thought that I was really healed. Um, but I still had other character defects. I had, you know, some resentments. I had anxieties, depression, stuff like that. So she was there. But whenever she'd ask me how I'm doing, I'd always say I was doing great. Now, and I would lie about it, you know. And so I started lying about it for that year. And then it all came out in January of 2021, this year, um, the truth. It just came to a point where we were having a conversation and I opened up about the whole thing. And that was a really devastating time. And after that, you know, that's when we really thought we were going to get divorced, chose to go to rehab. And then honestly, after that moment, even after like being like, gosh, I'm finally honest and I can be honest about this and I can finally have this sliver of hope of saving our marriage and healing myself going to rehab. And between that confession, I guess, and going to rehab, I still kept acting out in pornography, but I kept it a secret still. I was in this like mindset, like, I was stuck and I still kept lying about it. And so of course I went to rehab and then afterwards I was able to open up and say, Hey, you know, even though I've been learning and healing a ton, there's still times that I acted out and that I didn't tell you. And I feel like I've just learned that it's so important to be honest in the marriage. Um, so there's a couple things I've learned from that is you gotta be honest. You know, I, I, if I don't be, if I'm not honest about going in and acting out even once, that's just a little reservoir, a place, a dark place I can always go back to. It's just like, okay, I did that once, I can do it again. It's like, she doesn't know that one time, so I can do it again. You know, however, I've also learned that it's very important to get the help you need. Candace is not supposed to be my only confidant. That She's not supposed to be my therapist or my, you know, uh, accountability partner. You know, I'm accountable to her for my actions. I let her know. But um I think we did ourselves an injustice of like me dumping all this on her and she has all these hurt feelings and all these emotions with it. And then, and now I'm maybe not going to want to trust her because she gets so hurt. And so um, anyways, I've been able to learn that it's very important to be honest. It is, but it's also important to get help outside of your marriage. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty as well in this. I mean, there's so much in that and uh, uh so it's only been quite recent january 2021 and you feel yeah. That, yeah you feel that that's been the 
the turning point or does the turning point come after that in therapy or where do you, do you feel like there was a a flick of the switch now obviously the flick of the switch doesn't just happen in a moment it's perhaps an accumulation of moments over a, a number of years you just get to the point where you, you think oh heck i've had enough of this this is i just can't carry this burden anymore and you flick the switch and you make a change and you decide to to address the pain or the struggle or like could you talk us through the turning point in terms of moving past yeah. addiction together you want to share that or me oh i thought it was like on your side. yeah i can share so and you'll you know there have been a lot of moments in my addiction that i've said that i've had this turning point in my mind where i'm like this it's done i'm done forever you know i've said that a thousand times i'll never do that again um, have a powerful prayer, maybe have a really good conversation with a counselor, a wife. Um, and then obviously I always go back into it. And so I've had that moment. I've had real moments of this is going to, this is it, you know? Um, and I believe that you can change and I've, and I've felt the, the healing in those moments, but I think without actually putting forth real effort, real lasting effort, then that's just wishful thinking. And so just a moment of decision and just feeling good about that and, and then moving on and then not changing anything really in your life, any of your habits, it's just, you're setting yourself up for failure. And so for me, yes, January, 2021, it was really just a moment where I realized that we are literally getting a divorce, like the amount of betrayal that she felt and experienced and, um, you know, not just for viewing pornography on, you know, for a year and getting into deeper stuff with pornography, hardcore pornography, not only that, but just lying about it. So it was a big deal to Candace that I had been both ways lying to her for a year. And so I tell you, like, I really, it became so real for the first time. We had talked about divorce a few times and gotten kind of close, but it was like the first time it was very real. It was like, holy cow, this is literally happening. Kind of like shook my whole world up. And I realized that that's not what I want. And like, you know, and I also realized that whether we stay together or not, I have to heal. I have to make these changes because I don't want this in my life. I don't want this in my future life, you know? Um, so yeah, it was a big turning point when I chose to go to rehab. And then, like I said, I was about a month, uh, between talking to her about it and going into rehab where I, I kept struggling, obviously, even though I felt that desire to change, this is going to go away forever. The reality is I still wasn't healed. It's kind of like if you're, you know, if, if physically, you know, if you have a, a big illness or something like that, um, you know, you're going to need to go get healing. So even if you feel the desire to never have that again, if it's there and you know, like you need healing. So although I was now honest and although I realized how real it was, our, our potential divorce, like I said, the problem was still there. So going to rehab February of 2021, um, those three months, that was the turning point for me because that's when I actually started making changes, um, and learning the incredible skills and just the wonderful concepts of how you know just there's deeper issues here traumas um self-limiting beliefs um just things like that of that, that nature that i needed to heal and i need to address and so and specifically focusing on where i act out and where this shows up in my life i had you know three months without my phone um without i i committed i didn't you know masturbate like i was clean so not only was i celibate and really like just um detoxing myself but i was also engaged 24 7 with therapy and with um all sorts of wonderful things 
So it's, we, I've been out for three months now, just over three months. And I can confidently honestly say that I've been clean, that actually it's working. You know, I, I still have a lot to work on. There's a lot of things I'm still working on with my own depression or my own anxieties, but um, I'm not viewing pornography. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I, I'm not masturbating. I literally have been clean of both those things for over six months and I'm not dead. Like it didn't kill me. Um, so yeah, that was the turning point for me. It, I realized now the power that I have, the power of choice. And um, if I want to continue this road of recovery and healing, then there's daily practices. It's not just a one and done decision. Um, that there, there is power in that choosing. If someone's listening today and they're like, I want this to be done. Like there is power in making that decision, but it's only going to carry its power if you do something about it. Um, and maybe rehab is a great option for people. It was the thing I needed to do. I feel like that's exactly what I needed. I tried therapy. I tried a lot of things. Maybe not everybody has the ability to do something like rehab. Um, but the point is you have to do something daily. <laughs> you got to really give yourself into a, a real practice in order for that conviction to carry its power. So yeah, that was the turning point for me when I actually went in. Yeah. I've, I've said it numerous times before that, the porn is not the problem. It's the problem behind the porn. That's the problem. And that's where you need to go. Yeah. Obviously, as you know, as, as I know, that's a very painful place to go. Cause as you mentioned there, there are some traumas and some difficult experiences in the past that, uh, you need to revisit and somewhat process and let go of, or change your understanding of, or forgive others for, or forgive yourself for. So that yeah that can be quite a, a daunting process but as i mentioned to you at the beginning and as i mentioned at the beginning of this podcast is that yeah the, the porn is, is simply your uh your go-to to help ease the, the pain or struggling or, or problems you're going through or, or the porn is a way to somewhat suppress the pain but mm-hmm. again as you know as i know anyone who's gone through this gone through this process that the more you push the pain away the more you suppress it that the louder it gets and the and the stronger it becomes to the point where it completely consumes you and you not only have the problem of the traumas and the difficulties in the past then but you now have the problem of a porn addiction you then have the problem Mm -hmm. of uh, your marriage breaking up and, and losing all that so perhaps that was the turning point for you that you actually understood the detrimental impact of this addiction that you were about to lose candace and all all like you've got a family as well haven't you so you, you're you're two uh, kids yeah they're just the reality of having a split home you know so that perhaps was the turning point the the, the pain of losing that perhaps was the spark that you needed to go back and revisit the pain of the traumas from the past and difficulties in the past would you say definitely definitely uh you know that's what sparked it for me i think that i never would have gone to rehab had i not been in a marriage that would be actually breaking up and so uh, it's kind of like an interesting thing i went into rehab because of that because i knew it was my initially i chose to go to rehab because i knew that was my only shot at saving my marriage but then soon after i realized and she helped me realize that Hey, don't go in there just to save our marriage, because what happens if you go in there and we still get a divorce? And so she made it very clear to me. She's like, I don't know if I'm actually, you know, even if you go, like, I don't know if we're still going to work. I'm kind of like, we still might be done. And so I really had to, and I'm really glad that she said that because I had to go by myself and realize I need to go for me, period. 
realizing at the back of that, kind of underneath that, this is still the same, the best chance of saving my marriage, but I got to go for myself. And I think that's the only way you're going to really get that healing is you can't do it for someone else. You cannot do it for your wife. Even if that is like, it, it, it is a huge motivator. Absolutely. But it, it can't be the only motivator in my opinion, at least in my experience. I went there for myself and fully accepting we could get a divorce. I think that was an important part is learning acceptance, accepting the fact that, okay, like we can get a divorce. That's a possibility. And I can still be okay. And accepting that reality and realizing that I, I still have healing I need to do. Cause I think a lot of guys, if they, if I didn't go to rehab and get the help I needed, we got a divorce. It might be even easier to go back into porn. Right. I thought that many times and it's like, Okay, now that this is gone, like there's no shame, there's no guilt. I can just go purge and just do it. And then I think a lot of people do that. They get to the point in their marriage, they get a divorce, they go off the deep end and they realize that that's not where they're going to find happiness. So I'm really grateful that I had that realization that this is for me. I don't want this with or without Candace. Um, and then, yeah, was able to do that for myself. And and then the, the benefit, kind of the byproduct of that is, healing in our marriage mm -hmm. and that's what makes it really lasting is if it's for you yeah incredible man that's uh that's a brave move and uh certainly not easy to to go to go to rehab and as i said revisit some of those past experiences that uh were perhaps holding you back in life and holding you back from a fulfilling and, and loving marriage and uh and being a great dad and husband so can you talk us about your journey in, in therapy and, and what that entailed and some of the biggest takeaways you took from it, because understanding too, that, as you mentioned, some people listening to this, and I don't even know if it's actually available in Ireland, like uh, porn addiction therapy. I've never, I've not come across it. Uh, I myself have gone through therapy and I still go through therapy. I, I speak to a psychologist every single week. I have my own, I've got daily habits and routines that I that I adhere to to keep my my head right and uh, yeah keep my mindset in a good place every single day so that I'm not swayed towards the the darkness so to speak. So mm -hmm. for yourself, what have been some of the biggest takeaways you've taken from from rehab that you now apply in your life that someone else could perhaps apply in theirs? Yeah, um, well, it was the it was the best choice I've ever made. Um, and when I realized how long it was and how expensive it was, I was like, holy cow, I never thought I'd spend that much money and like time on this. Like I, like I spent that much money on just my tuition for college, you know, like I went to a pretty cheap school. Um, but I kind of realized I'm like, well, if we spend so much money and get loans for getting a degree, what's more important, you know, what's more important to having like saving myself and having my own healing and showing up as the person I am. So I realized that there's no there's just no like um, price tag on it. You can't put a price tag on your healing and your happiness. So I was able to find, get help to pay for it from family, from loans and whatnot. And I just, you know, it was kind of this point where it's like, I don't care how much it costs. Like I found an awesome place. Um, I was, I did some research and I found there's a lot of rehabs out there for addiction, you know, maybe a drug addiction, uh, sex addiction, stuff like that. Um, I didn't find anywhere quite like the place that I went. I really wanted to go somewhere for myself that was um, specifically for pornography or sex addiction. Um, and those, there's not that many. All right. And most of the places I found were general addiction, which would 
you know, be great too, I'm sure, because addiction is very similar. They're all similar. I kind of wanted to go somewhere that really specified on that. I also wanted to go somewhere that wasn't co-ed. I didn't really want to be living in the same kind of house or facility as women. Uh, you know, I was like, if I can find somewhere with all guys and uh, just focus on this addiction, pornography and the healing, then that'd be great. And I found that there's a place in, yeah, so I'm not sure about other countries and whatnot, but I know, you know, here in uh, St. George, Utah. So I'm from Utah originally, Northern Utah, but St. George, there's this, a place called Desert Solace. That's the place I went to. And I found that, yeah, it's specifically that a place that is for men who struggle with pornography addiction or sex addiction, right? It's all, it's all the same. Um, and I'm like, dang. And then I thought, I thought it would be like a 30 day thing, maybe a couple weeks. So I was like, 90 days i found out it was 90 days and that was just this story i told myself that well i can't do 90 days like that's you know obviously i can't do that because x y and z i've got a family i've got a job like uh, there's got to be another solution so i but after doing some research i found 90 days is really the time it takes to rewire your brain and to have some real changes and so i had to let go of those stories and think in the knee-jerk reaction of well i can't do that because this is this i realized why can't i you know why can't i there's no, it's a small price to pay in comparison with the life, right? I have ahead of me. So, um, the place that I went again, um, Desert Solace, they focus on the, the root issues, you know, getting yourself the healing. And so I was able to have therapy, individual therapy, um, two, three times a week. We had two wonderful therapists, one of which is a sexual, uh, CSAT. So a certified sex addiction therapist so somebody who really just understands the sex addiction and where it stems and where, how 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 to handle it so i had a csat and another therapist and i was able to meet with and then we also had group therapy with that therapist the csat um every day so five days a week we had group therapy um just being able to talk about emotions and identify emotions we did daily check-ins every single day morning and night so just constantly with your group of guys or your therapist who's in the room as well. Oftentimes, like at night, he wasn't there. It was just us, you know, being able to identify this is where I'm at right now, emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually, connection-wise, spiritually. Like this is where I'm at. No judgment. Um, making and keeping commitments every single day, and then being accountable for those. Just showing up and saying, "I didn't do this," and these are the amends I'm going to do. So before, whenever I didn't keep a commitment with Candice, or if I acted out, it was always this confession i'm sorry i'll never do it again i'm in this promise you know so it's like not helpful at all and then it just makes it worse the next time you do give in and so being able to learn that yes you need to be accountable but it's like what are the amends what are you going to do now and um have again having a group of guys that wasn't candace is what i needed someone who wasn't going to be emotionally impacted by my choices and the things i was doing just these guys who are struggling with the same thing as me and yeah, just eating and breathing and sleeping, just recovery. And so we did a lot of therapy. We did a lot of book work. So there's a, um, there's a man named Patrick Carnes, who's a PhD in sex addiction, basically. And he has textbooks on the matter. And so we study those books, a lot of exercises. So a lot of, and they have a library. So a lot of wonderful books I was able to read. Uh, the Power of Now was a big one from Eckhart Tolle. Absolutely just changed my life. Um, just and they teach and they preach those concepts of living in the present moment, allowing yourself to feel your emotions. Um, they do some EMDR, so some some help to be able to identify some traumas that you have. And then they did uh, equine therapy, which I'd never heard of. So it's with horses. So horses are these incredible creatures that can feel our energy. And we did this twice a week where we actually did activities with horses, and it's incredibly beneficial. And being able to process afterwards what you got from that, how 
that experience mirrors your life. Um, the, the rehab I went to, it really, their whole job is they, they hold up a mirror to you and just show you how you're showing up in the world. And that was one of the ways uh, we also took care of those horses. So it gave me a, a responsibility, you know, day and night, we had to feed and take care of those horses, clean them, clean up after them. And, um, that was just part of the whole thing, a part of the healing. We did um, a couple times a week. We did yoga, which is incredibly beneficial and in every possible way. Uh, exercise every day, you know, time to go into town. Uh, we went to a recovery meeting every night, every single night. So 90 days, went to 90 12-step meetings. It wasn't just sexaholics. We'd go to Sexaholics Anonymous, which is the big one. That's specifically for our addiction. Um, but we also went to AA. And um, an NA, Narcotics Anonymous. And then there's like some other ones that we went to, but just going to a meeting every night, giving yourself a vehicle to do that, all those things is what really made it for me. So I was able to just learn new skills, learn new habits, and all the while be sober, right? Just setting myself up for success. No phone, they take your phone from you. You know, you're not, you're accountable. Obviously you could, I could probably go find my phone in the upstairs of the facility. It's not like they're locked away. Um, it's just being accountable, giving your word. And so, um, there, I mean, I could go on and on and on about the concepts and the actual things I learned, but logistically that's what I experienced. Those are the things that we did. And so now I'm out and I'm able to, I have got some recovery under my belt, uh, but I also have, you know, allies, I've got guys who I can reach out to when I'm struggling and I've got tools and skills and habits that I'm doing every single day. I've got game plans. So like realizing that this addiction isn't gone, like I don't ever have to go back into it, but temptation will come up 100% and it has come up. Um, I think a mistake I made in the past is if I ever had any kind of length of sobriety, be it, especially if it was a couple months, I would think I am done with pornography, this is wonderful. I'm done. I never have to do it again. Now I realize it's been six months, but I'm not done. Um, I'm not done doing those things. So I have a game plan for when those temptations come up. Um, I also recognize like the certain areas of my life when those come up more frequently, like certain things I do, certain places I'll be at that's more susceptible, I guess, for those. So um, just the difference is that, yeah, I'm actually implementing what I learned. And so that place, I mean, now we're sharing with others. We're actually on our website. We have um, we have a survey of people who are interested in going to rehab, and and now I'm kind of working with them. I'm actually helping, kind of being somewhat of a salesperson for them, just you know, kind of getting guys in. Because I told the owner, I'm like, hey, we're doing this now. We're we're sharing our story. We're all over. We're on social media. We we just want to help. But I'm like, hey, you know, we're probably going to get guys over there, so I probably want to get paid for that. <laughs> so I know. Uh, I want the, I want this to become something that I can actually do for a living and help other people get over there. So now we're excited about sharing with others and getting, just getting them all the info they need, you know, to get over there. Cause that, if a guy can go there and, and we've had guys come from uh, the UK. Um, Cause I don't know of anything over there. I really don't know if they have anything like these places are, I don't know of any other place than this, you know? So hopefully in the future, this becomes more of a regular thing. Um, and there are, there are resources that we, that we have on our website of options that if you don't have rehab as an option, meetings you can go to, um, a therapist that you can find, you know, even if it's over Zoom. But if a guy can get themselves over to this place, it's, um, for me, it's just it's done miracles. It's really worked miracles. So Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. been quite a journey. And as you said, yeah, the, 
the temptations don't go away. And uh, as I've mentioned, you know, I've been been through my own uh, porn addiction, and I've uh, it's well documented now in my uh, I have a couple of podcasts on it and content about it on my on my socials and again put it out there for other guys to see because i know for a fact that there's guys out there struggling with it and the major issue with what porn addiction is it's very very secretive and i'm sure you weren't expressing i know you're quite being quite honest with candace but uh with your other friends and, and colleagues i'm sure you want weren't opening up about your addiction to them or was was that something you you kept very secretive to yourself and because of the 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 shame attached to perhaps and uh for guys uh, for myself and anyway, i like when i when i was watching porn or when i was in that addiction as such there was a, a lack of intimacy in my life but going further into that there was a lack of of connection uh in my life and also deep trauma so i can relate to a lot of that and porn was kind of my thing to find a connection and then also an accumulation of the the addiction accumulated uh when i went through quite a traumatic experiences experience when i was 18 involved in a car accident and i was responsible for a, a lady uh, dying on the scene so i carried the, the pain and the struggle of that with me through my all through my 20s up until 28 29 years of age and uh never really addressed the the open wound of of that of that trauma so for me i had some broken connections from the past that i really never appreciated or never really understood until i started speaking about it and i started to dig a little bit deeper within myself and stop looking at the external to try and fix the problem as i mentioned earlier and to go within and then through speaking with uh, counselors and psychologists, I've been with the counselors and psychologists for the last uh, for the last eight years or so, and that in itself is a continual process as well. Just to uh, have someone to to bounce my difficulties or issues off on on a regular basis, so that I can gain gain some perspective over some of the issues I may be may be dealing with. And I think that's a very healthy thing for men to do is to speak to someone on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be a a therapist or a psychologist but even a friend that you trust a spouse uh, a family member a mentor a coach so yeah uh, because as i said for guys to speak about porn or porn addiction or watching porn on a frequent basis it's often it's often laughed at it's often dismissed by, yeah. by your friends um totally yeah so that's oh yeah that increases the difficulty of actually opening up a bit. Well, on that, yeah, to kind of answer that, um, absolutely. I've had, you know, many, you know, I've got family members, friends who don't think it's a big deal, you know, who, and I've had even therapists, I've had therapists who did not take it seriously, you know, say the same thing. Oh, it's like, well, you're a guy, you know, it's like, and I'm just kind of, the story I tell myself is that maybe they struggle with it too and they don't think it's a big deal. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when people would tell him that he would, change the way he would come to me and be like well at least i told you or like every guy's doing it and then it makes me feel worse and then just make me mad like how could you say that like, <laughs> when just a while ago you didn't feel that way yeah. and as the supporting person whenever like i didn't really talk to many people but when i finally felt comfortable to talk to someone then i get all the judgment We're like 
how could you care? Like, he's a guy, what do you expect? Like, and so it just is not a good way to approach this. Yeah, I, I think I just yeah. slowly just stopped. When I, when I say stuff like that, when I justify and say, oh, at least I did this, then I'm not validating her feelings. And the, it's very important in a relationship to validate and hear each other's feelings. And, you know, getting into that justification just makes it easier to go back into it. And so that would happen sometimes. I'd open up to somebody like a therapist and I would leave and I'd feel justified. Or they would even say like, You'd wow. Even, like, go act out. Yeah, I remember that happening. I remember like just feeling the sense of, oh, like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. And I had one therapist tell me once, you know, you tell her every time, like, I don't know if that's very wise to tell your wife every time um, but then on the flip side when I went to rehab my therapist I remember telling him like hey like you know I've acted out six or seven times since telling my wife about that whole year and coming into here um, I don't need to tell her that right he's like um, yeah you need to tell her <laughs> he's like and he was the one that gave me that concept of if you have any kind of secrecy or lying you have that place to go back to it's so much easier to go back to and so you can't have true intimacy unless you're honest and open with your spouse and being able to realize she can choose how she wants to react. I'm not going to be in control of her emotions. And I think sometimes I would think I need to protect my wife by not telling her she can't handle this. That's not fair. You know, and I've had family members tell me that, like, don't tell her because you're just going to cause, you know, all this, all these problems. But then I'm just kind of assuming that I know her feelings and thinking that I can control those. And, and also, even though that whole year he didn't tell me, there was such a huge disconnection between us. And I felt like I was going crazy. I'm like, okay, he's not viewing porn. He's not doubting me. Then what could it be? Like, I knew there was something wrong. And that's why I would come to him and be like, hey, like, how are you doing? Like, and he's like, I'm not, even, I haven't even thought about it. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, then I must be going crazy. Like, I must be having some weird thing going on from the past. And so even if, you do have secrecy the spouse like people close to you can feel the difference in you yeah and you start so i start gaslighting her and just she's feeling like she must be crazy and then the weird thing about this when you're living a double life because i was living a double life i was doing that on my own very frequently and then being a different person up here in my marriage and i, I but the, the weird thing is that when we're talking about it when i'm saying no i'm not being pornography it's almost like I believe my lie in a sense and because I know she believes it. And so I'd start judging her and thinking, wow, she's reacting this way and she thinks I'm clean. There's no way I would tell her then. If she's acting this way, then she doesn't even deserve to know. And I'm a good enough person that I like feeling this sense of she thinks I'm clean. And so we were able to have more connection, more intimacy in our marriage. And so it's just, it's just a mess, you know, just being a liar and having secret habits in a marriage is just a mess. It's not a good idea. It's going to, it's going to come up to one way or another. So it might as well be through honesty. And I've just had to learn that even now, even now I realize that Candace is a human being with emotions. And if I act out on pornography, I am choosing to tell her one of my boundaries and commitments is if I act out, cause it's a possibility. I am, she gets to know within 24 hours. That's my personal boundary I shared with her. And she can do whatever she wants with that. If she does, if she's in a place where she feels very hurt and she decides to get a divorce, then so be it. You know, like, I think the only would think, you know, why would you do that? Why would you throw all this away? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, like, but I'm not in that position, right? I'm not her. And so she's going to do whatever she wants with it. 
And it may be right, it may be wrong, but whatever it is, it's up to her. And so my job is to be honest and and just trust that, hey, at least I can keep my own commitments and I can show up. And if she chooses to forgive, great. Um, but yes, back to the other thought you had said, like sharing with others, it's, a, it's not a fun thing to talk about. You know, maybe you don't want to talk to others about it. I experienced that too. I didn't talk to anybody about it. I a couple friends who I would talk to sometimes, but then the same type of justification would come up. And again, that like, why are you telling your wife would come up? And um, so I didn't feel like there was anybody to talk to. And now it's kind of the complete opposite. You know, now I'm on social media and I'm telling the whole world, you know, like, yeah. but I think that with addiction, the most helpful thing you can do to these problems is to shed light on it. It's just, you know, let it not fester and grow in the dark. That's darkness and evil and things like that can just grow in those dark places. So shed light on it. And like you said, get somebody who you can reach out to. Um, a great resource is Sexaholics Anonymous. You can find a meeting if it's not near you or online on Zoom. It's a free resource people can go to. And in those meetings, you're able to find yourself a sponsor, somebody who's had some sobriety who could be there. You know, you need that. You need somebody who you can reach out to because in those moments of darkness and those moments of temptation, if I allow myself to battle it on my own, I'm going to lose, you know, I'm going to lose. So it's reaching out, being honest about it and, um, you know, having some connection, which is the opposite of isolating yourself from your addiction, cutting yourself off from the world, getting some connection. Mm -hmm. Some real connection. Yeah. Instead of the, the, the fake connection you find on porn. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think that like the, such strength from both of you to actually have gone through that journey together and, I know you were the one with the with the struggle, Alex. But Candice, for, for you to be able to stand by him throughout that whole period as well, it just uh, demonstrates a, a massive amount of strength on your side as well. So, I mean, uh, I'm just overwhelmed with the, with, with the strength from both of you to actually have gone through that journey together and still be here today and be able to talk about it and be open and honest about it. And I just wanted to, I think perhaps the biggest thing that that does cause a lot of damage in a relationship when there is it doesn't have to be porn addiction but when there is secrets there and men perhaps and women maybe would hold back in terms of what's going on with, with them uh, they hold back and, and they don't express these secrets they don't let them out they are dishonest and you've been through that process yourselves and that caused more problems than anything else but when you add children or kids to the equation you're not just breaking up potentially breaking up, up up a marriage or a relationship you're also losing your children so for me and and i, and I speak to a lot of guys who are in difficult situations it's, it doesn't have to be specifically porn but the big reason they're not honest and transparent with their with their wives or partners is because they're afraid of losing the the kids so did you how did you overcome that barrier like alex you you say you're being completely honest and transparent and look you don't you've no you've no control over what uh, candace does in terms of her actions or reactions to whatever you're about to express and that's again as i said that's a massive amount of strength and from from both of you to be able to somewhat um you're connected but you're also disconnecting disconnecting to a certain extent where you're expressing your emotions or, or or difficulties and it's like here this is where it's at 
and it's up to you in terms of how you deal with that so it's like a disconnect there to a certain extent and then you can obviously mm-hmm. connect together if you're willing to work on it together but that can often uh, become the end of a relationship and, and perhaps that's the biggest fear that a lot of guys have when they're in, in a relationship with their kids so like I, I can't tell her this i can't be open with this this is going to hurt her this is going to this is going to potentially break up the marriage and i'm going to lose my children even though mm-hmm. you know so how did you overcome that barrier in terms of hey i might actually potentially lose my kids here if candace if if, if she responds to this negatively and she still wants a divorce and she still wants out i'm, I'm not just losing her i'm losing my children to a certain extent right. Well, it's a very real fear and it's a very hard place to be in. I, like, I, I can talk about this now, but at the, well, at the time, and it was not long ago for me, it's incredibly daunting to think I'm going to tell my wife this and what's going to happen. You know, she's going to divorce me. I'm going to lose my relationship with my kids. I'm going to only be able to see them maybe every other week or, you know, maybe fully have lose custody of your kids. Like these are very, very real fears. Um, and I think my, my answer to that would be if you can set yourself up, well, well for actually before that, honesty, openness, and communication is key in a relationship. And I don't really want to be in a relationship that doesn't have those things. Like, I think that that's more valuable to have a solid marriage. Um, because if I, if I just say, you know, for the sake of my family, I'm going to keep these secrets and lies. Then again, it's showing up in another way and I'm not being fully present in my marriage or with my kids. And I, you know, if I end up not having a very good, complete marriage, then I'm not really showing my children what a good marriage can be. And so, yes, divorce is something that's um, a tragedy. You know, it's, it's not ideal. Um, And my parents are divorced. So I can speak from, you know, a place of, I I know, I wish they didn't at the time. And now I realize that, no, everyone makes their choices and everything ends up being how, how it is. And it's fine. I'm totally fine. And they're happy. Um, but if you can keep your marriage, then that's, that's the best place. But I think you want to have a solid relationship and that comes with honesty. So with that though, I think there's a good way of being careful about disclosing and that's not saying leave out important details. What that is, is if you can get couples therapy, if you can have a therapist that can be there and whether you start therapy and then you really start opening up more about things or it's the flip side, like with us, like you, you really say, Hey, this is what's going on. But if you're willing to have, get some real help instead of throwing the towel, just battling it on your own, even if it's been years, if it's been years of battling it, if it's just been the two of you battling it, then I would encourage couples if they're able to, if there's not too much you know, damage, because it's also, I'd be sensitive for the wife or this, whoever, of what they've gone through. If there's, if there's some hope, you know, do yourself the service, do your family, the service of getting therapy, um, and, and then working through it. So um, one thing my mom said is like, you know, don't let any stone go unturned before you go, you know, your separate ways. Like you've got kids, give it your best shot by getting help. So don't do it alone. And so I think sometimes if a guy was to tell her his wife and she is extremely hurt, and it could be deeper than my addiction. I have friends in rehab who have experienced affairs, multiple affairs, or, you know, um, even prostitution and like, you know, deep stuff. Um, and some marriages actually had real recovery and healing and some didn't. And so it's just a reality. Um, but 
if you're just going to tell your wife and then there's going to be upset you know, emotions and feelings, and then you guys make these decisions on your own, then, um, it could be a tragedy, you know, but if you can get some real therapy, a couple therapists, you can help. And ideally you have your own therapist, your wife has her own therapist. And then you also have a couple therapists. And that's a lot, but like we, we started, we, we never had that until now. And our first few years of marriage though, we did have a couple's therapist that we talked about these things. And so, um, that's my recommendation is I think it's at the end of the day, you want to be honest in your marriage mm-hmm. period. You know, you want to be committed and honest, whether that turns out to a divorce, then like I said, in my case, if that ended up meaning divorce, then it's just a reality that I have to accept because I want to respect Candace and she deserves to know. And if I can do like the life side, um, for us, like I, it came to a point where I was considering divorce when I got pregnant with our daughter, like our first, and I, he didn't know yet. And I was like, we just talked about divorce and now I'm, I'm probably pregnant. And it was before we even had kids, but I actually would talk to his mom as well. She was like my only person I would talk to. And she was like, well, give it five years. At least give it all you've got before you just walk away, especially now that you might have a kid. And so I was very committed to, you know, even though I was getting hurt, even though like I wanted to leave multiple times, I was like, no, I'm going to give it all for my children, for Alex. I know, I know there's a deeper reason, but he can't see that. And so for me, like this last time when I was completely, I was probably 95% sure that I was going to leave him in January, not that long ago. So I was like, I know I gave it my all and I can't make him give it his all. And it pains me to separate our kids from their two parents. But what you can do is be the best co-parents. But if if he's willing to do all that he can do the work, make those changes, then from my side, that's all I'm expecting, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's worth being together if we're both giving it our all. Mm-hmm. You can definitely, if you, like she said, if you both are committed to giving your all and doing the work then give it time and there will be, there will be failures. You know, um, that's not to say that you can't, like now I don't, I think that I could actually never go back to pornography. Um, but that's because of what I've learned and what I'm actually choosing to do every day. But in our experience, we've gone through therapy and we still had many failures of acting out and stuff. And now look, we're here, we're sharing, we're, we're committed, we're happy in our marriage. So there's hope. And I think that we're actually going to grow stronger because of these hardships. So if you can get through it, get the help you need. And there's a brighter future in your marriage. And I think that the most strong, powerful marriages go through hardship and go through forgiveness. And so it's easy to break it up, but if you can keep it together, you know. Yeah. And I would say never make a decision in emotion. Like there are times he would tell me and I'm like, seriously, I just want out of this. But then give me time. And even this last time with him lying and finding out that, okay, now you could potentially lie. Like, am I going to go my whole life like this? I was deciding like, okay, he needs to go to rehab. We can have that break from each other. So sometimes even taking a break from each other and really thinking like, how do I feel? What do I want? Seeing the picture from both sides really helps. Yeah. I think uh, you've touched on something very important there as well. Whenever one person in the relationship, let's say it 
the man in the relationship is is going through an addiction such as porn addiction let's let's stick to the topic so the woman then has this certain expectation on him here that's your problem you go and you better start that out uh, so that we can uh, reconcile this marriage and she doesn't do any work on herself it's this full expectation on the husband to to do the work and for him to get his problem solved and and as i said you go off and do your therapy or do whatever else and say yeah yeah you got to go and and get this sorted and then you come back when when you're fixed and she's done zero work on herself and at the end of the day you know we can be as men we can be very very critical of ourselves and very uh very judgmental of ourselves i i certainly would have been and feel like we're absolute failures and we're letting the, the marriage down letting our wives down not capable of of uh being a father or a husband and uh yeah so and then you've got the wife um who just accumulates the the, the criticism by with her judgments and, and her behaviors in terms of yeah like i don't have any problems you're the one with the problem you go and sort that out so uh for both of you as, as you mentioned alex candace has her therapist you have your therapist and you have a couple of therapists who, who kind of brings all that together and, and and is that do you feel is that the only way it's going to work that she's got to show up and, and do her bit as well uh, because again not to be judgmental of the relationship with the marriage but perhaps there were some issues within the marriage as well that that exasperated the porn addiction so and that may have come from the female in the the marriage so yeah is what's your thoughts on that yeah well definitely i think that the wife the spouse needs to get their own healing and recovery and i've seen um friends of mine who have had been in a marriage, a certain friend of mine who's now divorced. But um, from what I've heard from his story is that he, you know, had all the problems and she had no problems, right? And incredibly narcissistic. And um, ob- the obvious problems were visible for him. He had the porn addiction. She didn't. Um, but every relationship has problems on both sides. Everybody has things that they need to work on and sort through. And so I think that it's important for both to come humbly together and realize that we both have work to do. We're both not perfect. And yours might be the visible. You might seem like this awful, disgusting pervert because of this addiction, but the truth is you are not that in your true essence, your true self. And this is something that you are struggling with and your spouse might be struggling with addiction that doesn't seem as morally disgusting, Um, but we all have issues and we all have problems. And so it's like, I guess this would be my advice to the spouse who's not struggling is to have some, um, I guess, some, some empathy for that individual who, you know, and this isn't to excuse behavior. It's important to be accountable. I don't want anyone to excuse behavior. I think I have the power to choose to go into porn or not. And there are boundaries that we have set. Canis has specific boundaries that if I do go act out in pornography that are in place, um, so we, we respect boundaries, but uh, having some empathy, right? I think having some understanding of this person is a human who has traumas or whatever. I, I struggled with when I was 11 or 12. My parents got divorced when I was 14. I'm not placing judgment and I don't want to be a victim. Um, at the end of the day, I make my choices. But yeah, just kind of realizing we're not perfect. And if you think that it's all on your spouse and that's he or she is the reason why you're having issues, then 
let that be a red flag to you that you've got issues. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that, I think a lot of our issues really have come mainly from my porn addiction, from like the doubting and all this stuff. But the only way, the only reason why we're healing together is because we've both been able to recognize that we both have things that we need to work on. We both have healing that we need to work on. We both have traumas that we need to work on. So something that I would tell Alex, I'm like, um, I reacted or I was a different person in this because I was so hurt. I didn't heal myself. And so I would tell him, like, you don't even know the real me because um, you see the hurt, resentful. Like there, there were times when I would react and I knew that that was wrong. But I didn't want him to know that because I was like, well, he did that to me. But I feel now that I've healed myself and working on myself and completely distancing myself from his actions and seeing the big picture of like why he turned to it and like his traumas, it's helped him to even see the real me and helped us heal and really owning up to our own faults and seeing each other. So if I have a hard time with recovery, he's like, I see how that can be hard. There's no like bringing up the past, like, we'll say sorry to me. Like, it's like, no, I have my things. He has his things. And the only way to really grow together is to see that even if say I have traumas because of his actions, I'm still responsible for how I'm acting because of it. So I've never pushed blame on him. And when I do in my head, like, I can't believe he did this to us. Then I'm like, okay, I need to work on myself. I don't voice that and blame him. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's kind of helped me. Yeah. Well, that's the strength coming through again, uh, which as I said, is uh, massively impressive from, from both of you. And, I myself have taken massive inspiration from this episode and uh, I'm sure every single viewer or and listener has taken a, a huge amount of value from this episode as well. So thank you so much for your honesty, transparency and for sharing your story with us. And before we go, let us all know where we can find you and, and get in touch if needs be. Okay, well, thank you so much for having us and it's been really awesome. And we are mostly on our Instagram at for love's sake and is it yeah, yeah so the well it's what is the exact it's for underscore oh. loves underscore sake underscore yeah it's very hard to find it'll be in the, it'll be in the, it'll be in the show notes anyway so don't worry I will be adding okay the, great so there and then you mentioned our website what's is it for love's for sake dot org okay so the beginning of it said dot com so in case you heard that you know uh, it's for love's sake dot org uh, but you know find us on instagram that's where we're, we have a podcast as well that we're going to be doing but mainly we're going to be on instagram and sharing things there we our plans our future plans is to create our own course of healing for people that we want to be able to do and help uh, in the meantime it's just sharing content sharing our story yeah. uh, again obviously helping guys get to rehab if that's an option that they want um, but yeah find us there <laughs> thank you so much for your time and uh we will be we'll be in touch again i'm sure so thank you so much Alex awesome and this thanks gavin thank this has been awesome